Louise McSherry on 2FM. Harry Styles and treat people with kindness on 2FM. My Lord, Harry Styles at the Grammys, wasn't he something? He is just magnificent. The thing about Harry Styles is, like, it's not even about, like, I know men, I know women, I know straight women, I know gay women, I know gay men, I know straight men, all of whom have a grow for Harry Styles. <laughs> and it's because it's not actually about his physical appearance, although that is flawless uh, it's about his whole demeanor and kind of energy and dare I say it vibes they are so kind and open and I just think he's just a treasure a treasure and um, I think actually that ethos is exactly the right space for us to be coming from when we head into our next topic because since the, since the news of the Sarah Everard case broke women across the world have yet again been sharing stories of abuse harassment and assault and it's no doubt that the fear and the pain in these stories is palpable and as I said last week all too common we have had this conversation over and over again we have all taking the time to tell friends, to tweet, to write, to talk about our terrible experiences that almost all of us have had at the hands of men, not all men, but men nonetheless. And I think it is time that we try and get down to the bottom of this. What can we do to actually have an impact on on men and young men and adult men to try and improve this? And, and of course, it is time that men are in this conversation. So today I am so happy to be joined by Chris Reed from Consent Matters Ireland, who... Chris works to have a continued and open conversation around consent, starting from toddlers up. And he joins us now to chat a little bit about how we can encourage men to call out toxic behaviour and uh, what men's role in this conversation is. Hello, Chris. Hello, Louise. Thank you for having me on. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit daunted having to follow on after Harry Styles. <laughs> I know. Well, look, I think we all just need to accept that we can't possibly be as good as him. No. So, you know, no, no, no point no. in even trying to compete. <laughs> yes, but I will I will try to be inspired by Harry here today. <laughs> yeah, he does have a great energy. No doubt about that. Yeah. Um, so, Chris, as I said in the introduction there, you know, I think women are absolutely exhausted um, and... And having this conversation over and over again feels a bit like we're banging our head on a brick wall. And really, you know, we have to get to the bottom of this um, and to figure out how we can raise men and educate men, you know, so that this isn't an issue in 10, 20, 30 years time. Um, You know, you work around the area of consent, as I said, from the age of toddlers up. What's your view on this whole thing? Oh, geez. Well, it's... um... Things are changing, um, but unfortunately, they're not changing quickly enough. I'm pretty sure that 10 years ago, a uh, radio station here in Ireland wouldn't be having a man on the radio to talk about this topic. They would be talking to other women about the impact on women. And it's really good to see the conversations changing because we, even just the basic language we use, we, we call this a women's issue. And yeah. it's not. It's, it's something that happens to women and to other people, but it's the perpetrators are by and large men. Mm. And this is a man's problem. And it's something that men should be taking a larger role in trying to, you know, get a handle on and, and to stop these kinds of things from happening. Mm. And do you think there is kind of a sense in some men, um, and you know, it's it's I don't like to categorize men as like good men and bad men or decent men and not decent men, but you know, that that there are well meaning men who 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 don't speak up when we have these conversations because they feel like it's not their place. 
Yeah, that is true. And that is a little bit of a cop out, um, unfortunately. And I know that there are good men out there who think, you know, who don't want to intrude upon women's faces. But, um, and I I guess it's not about men showing off to the women that they, you know, that they're good guys and look at me. It's about men talking to other men. Mm. You know, that's the real, like, the good men out there. And there are loads of them. You know, there are loads of good men out there who would never dream of hurting a woman or acting non-consensually. But there are lots of guys who do. And we just we just have to hear all the stories from all of the women to know that, you know, if all of those stories are true, and I imagine they are, um, there's lots of men out there who are doing pretty nasty things, even if they don't know that they're doing them, you know. Um, and it's us men who hanging out with other guys who are hearing the banter, who are hearing about their exploits and things like that. It's up to us to sort of stand up and say, hey, you know, that's not the, like, I don't want to hear you talking about women that way. I find it offensive. Mm. Um, and it's very similar to the conversations we've had, um, you know, around racism. Mm. Like, ho- hopefully, hopefully all good white folks here in Ireland do their best to be not just non-racist, but anti-racist, mm. you know, actively calling out people who say racist things. Mm. And that is a responsibility that we white people have to try to curb racism and to stamp it out. And it's the same with misogyny and violence against women. Mm. It's up to men to police other men, to point out to other men, you know, where where they're lacking in their views on, on women mm. and, and to try to educate them. Do you think, um, I'm just thinking about, you know, people I've met or conversations I've had with men around this. And, mm-hmm. you know, I had a chat with someone recently who said, oh, every, every, every friend group has a creep. Like every group of male friends has, has a friend who they know is a bit creepy. And, you know, it's not approved of and it might be called out occasionally, but it's kind of just accepted. Um, and do you think part of it is that men sometimes struggle to talk about these things um, or struggle to talk about, you know, feelings or, um, you know, complicated issues with each other? Absolutely. Um, we, the way we men are socialized, and I like like most people are are, are familiar with the term toxic masculinity, mm. that there are certain elements to how we have been socialized as men that are really not very healthy for us men ourselves or for the women in our lives. Um, yeah, uh, like. I suppose it's the, you know, the being the strong silent type and that there's only two really socially acceptable ways for men to express their feelings or, or that there's only two feelings that are acceptable. And one is happiness and joy and the other is anger. Mm. Everything else, everything else is is not tolerated or is, you know, um, brushed under the, the carpet. Um, and I do think that men are changing. Um, but it is happening slowly. Mm. And yeah, yeah, there, there are a lot of creepy guys out there. Um, and some of these guys might not be terribly aware that their behavior is creepy. Mm. Um, but it, yeah, um, it's very hard um, for, for these guys, I think, the, the, the ones who, who need the most work to be constantly hearing this, you know, that they're a problem from other, like, like from women. They need to hear it from their friends. Yeah. They need to, there needs to be consequences to mm. their actions from their friends, yeah. you know? Yeah. And it, 
it, it, it, it's about men seeing all people, including women, as being humans who deserve respect um, and to, yeah, try to try to police their friends. It's interesting. You've said a couple of times now that, um, you know, there are men whose behavior is problematic, but maybe they don't even realize it. Um, yeah. Can you can you tell me a little bit more about that? Well, this is where this is where like. Um, based upon my experiences, you can probably tell from my accent, I'm not Irish, I'm Canadian, but I've been living here 25 years. Yeah. Um, and I've noticed that particularly amongst young people, you know, uh, later teenagers, early 20s, that most, if you want to call them, you know, sexual or romantic interactions happen with a huge amount of alcohol in the system. Mm. Um, that most sexual encounters are engaged without much conversation. Um, or people talking about what they like, what they don't like, what their boundaries might be, you know, making agreements and negotiating. Like, that's a very adult way to to approach a sexual situation. But I get the impression that most young people just kind of, you know, fall into these things um, when their senses aren't fully, fully aware. Um, So I I guess um, some of these lads' problem behavior happens in these situations, you know, where they're, where they're too touchy with their hands. Um, and I, I guess a lot of this comes down to, for, for some guys, it might be down to lack of self-esteem, lack of confidence, that they don't have the, I guess, the, the mojo to be able to approach a woman and ask for something respectfully. Mm. Um, and another really, really big part around this is the fear of rejection. Yeah. And this is this is a really big part of what we teach um, around consent, that if you're going to act consensually, if you're going to have boundaries, if you're going to respect other people's boundaries, you have to be, you have to prepare to be rejected. Mm. Um, and dealing with rejection is a difficult thing, mm. you know? Um, and when you... When you talk to a, a, a man and a woman about um, their fears around, say, going on a date, mm. a man's biggest fear is that he will be embarrassed or humiliated, mm. right? Which, which is a pretty terrible thing to be, to, to, to be facing. But a woman's greatest fear is that she might get raped or murdered. Mm. And you really can't compare the two. And men really just need to understand that... Um, in these kinds of situations, women are making themselves, are they're, they're much more vulnerable than the man. And the man has um, a bit more power yeah. in those situations and it needs to be exercised respectfully. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, because you're so right that automatically men kind of have the upper hand in those situations because women do carry that fear. Um, Absolutely. So you've mentioned there, as we've been talking, you've mentioned that some of the problems at the root of of these issues, um, and obviously we're speaking generally, and there are specific circumstances that obviously dictate different circum, you know, different situations. Yes. But you know, you've talked about the fact that you know men are young men are generally kind of raised or socialized. To to have, you know, their feelings be limited to anger and and joy. Mm-hmm. Um, you've talked about the fact that men kind of struggle to still to, to maybe talk about their feelings. And these things are improving, but are still an issue. Um, you know, talking about their feelings um, with each other and in general. And um, also that fear of rejection um, being, being a problem. So what can we do then? As we're raising boys and as we're teaching boys and as boys are living within our society, what can we do to try and combat these problems? Consent, 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 consent. 
Um, and I, 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 I can't emphasize that enough. Um, and unfortunately, the way that um, consent has been presented and talked about, um, you know, just in the last couple of years, it's become a really, really important thing, is that I think a lot of young lads sort of see consent and learning about consent as basically a way to hold them back or to restrict their fun. Mm. Um, and consent is really a much, much, much bigger thing than that. Um, consent education needs to start at the earliest possible ages, and I'd say even more importantly, consensual behavior needs to be modeled by the caregivers, mm. by the parents. So, so these young lads growing up and being socialized in in sort of slightly toxic ways or not, you know, um, non-consensual ways, they're learning this from society at large, but also in the home. Mm. Um, consent is not just about sex. Yeah. Um, that tends to be where we talk about it, but um, consent is basically just an agreement between two people. Mm. Um, and I guess the other word that's really important here is boundaries. Mm. Everybody should be slightly aware of, or should, not slightly, should be aware of their boundaries, but also be able to respect other people's boundaries mm. and I, I guess one of the ways I would approach teaching younger men um, and older boys about consent is that acting consensually respecting people's boundaries is going to get you more and better encounters with members of the opposite sex mm. than acting you know it, it's only when two people trust each other and feel safe with each other that they're able to have all the fun, mm. you know? Nobody wants to have sex with somebody who doesn't really want to be there. Mm. That, like, like, like that's not something that anybody should be seeking out mm. or accepting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I suppose I know we've talked about this on the show like a good few times over the over the year that we've been doing the show. And mm -hmm. I have often said that I think I have two boys. I have a four year old and a one a nearly two year old. And yep. I think a lot about this all the time with them because I want to raise good men, you know, yeah. and I want to raise um, men who are uh, considered in the way that they behave with other people. And, yeah. you know, it is for me, it's about if I'm tickling one of them and he says, stop, it's about stopping. And yeah. it's about, uh, you know, teaching my older son, you know, listen to the sounds that you're younger, that your brother is making when you're playing with him. And if you're kind of being pushy with him and he's laughing at first, but then he doesn't sound happy, Pay attention to that that means he's not happy it's teaching him that his body is his body and other people don't get to touch his body unless he's okay with it and he doesn't Absolutely. get to touch other people's bodies unless they're okay with it and I, I you know I'm not suggesting by any stretch of the imagination that I'm a perfect parent but it's it, for me it's about being mindful of it all the time because it, it, nothing would break my heart more well, few things would break my heart more mm. than than learning that my son wasn't prepared to be respectful of other people and other people's boundaries. And as you said, that means I have to help them establish now what their own boundaries are and how to respect other people's. And and it and it and it doesn't have anything to do with sex right now, but someday mm. it will. Yes, and 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 what you want is, and you're 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 doing it exactly right. And actually, using the word consent is important as right. well. You know, like like do you consent to this happening? Like it it gets it imprinted in their brain. Yeah. But by the time they get to adolescence, and and the hormones are in their bodies, and that's 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 one of the things problems of introducing consent to teenagers is 
their their bodies are and minds are changing rapidly, um, and they they have urges and and all that kind of stuff. But when you when when you teach young people and you give them the the basics, they're they're already going to be prepared for the sexual consent conversation that's mm. going to come later. Yeah. Um, and I, I guess. Um, there's there's not a whole lot more that you can do, you know, yeah. in 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 guiding kids at that age. But it's to build on it as they grow, yeah. Um, and yeah, can, power over one's body um, is hugely, hugely, hugely important. Um, you know, bodily autonomy and it being respected by everybody, including parents, yeah. which is really, really important, and other adults. You know, um, yeah. Well, I really appreciate you coming on and chatting with me this morning, Chris Reed. Uh, Chris uh, yeah. works with Consent Matters Ireland, and I so appreciate you giving us your time today. You're welcome. Thank you very much for Thank having you. us. Thank you. Have a great day. Okay, bye bye. Louise McSherry on 2FM.